Miles More Madness is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. The weekend is coming up. There are some fun college basketball matchups on the schedule. If I had my choice, I'd head to Arizona to see the Wildcats and Gonzaga. And if I were doing so, you know I'd hit up GameTime. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome to another edition of Miles More Madness. I'm your host, CJ Moore, joined by my co-hosts, as always, former Nebraska coach Tim Miles. Timmy, what's going on, brother? Good morning, CJ. I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's a bright morning. Can't wait to have my first cup of coffee. You got me open, up at like 6 a.m. here to record this because you're traveling today, but we're ready to uh, roll. I, yeah, going to uh, Indian Hills Community College. You ever been there? I have been there, yeah. Uh, home of Radar O'Reilly of MASH uh, fame. I don't know if you know that or not. I am old enough to know what MASH is, but uh, yeah, I got no idea who that well, guy it's, is. Yeah, well, he was yeah, he was a little, uh, he, he could always know when the choppers were coming in. That's what I knew. So, but yeah, uh, Indian Hills Community College, nice little spot there. You got a job to do over there? It's going to see Tyon Grant Foster doing a story on him. He is the uh, one of the top Juco players in the country. Signed with the Jayhawks, so uh, looking forward to, to seeing him play. He's a he's a Kansas City kid, as is uh, another former Indian Hills player that uh, that we both know, uh, Marcus Walker. But I believe played played a little ball for you, right? Yeah, Marcus was at Nebraska, went to Indian Hills Community College. Uh, I flew in, rented a Cadillac to impress him. He said he liked it. Uh, blew in there and recruited him, and he had two very good years for us at. Colorado State helping us start that thing out in the middle of a major overhaul. And there's another little guard there that I just kind of ignored. His name was Ali Farouk Manesh because I was convinced nothing would ever happen with him. He had no future. Well, they they weren't even playing him at much at the time, I don't think, right? And he, he transferred to another Juco. Yeah, I think things turned out okay for him, too, at Kirkwood Community mm-hmm. College. Uh, Ali, of course, went, uh, he was the Kansas killer, uh, hit the big shot in the uh, – second round of the NCAA tournament. And now he, he worked for me for three years, of course. And now he's with Nico Medved at Colorado State. So a little Ali for open shout out today. And Marcus Walker yeah, good, of Grindhouse. That's that's right. Both uh, both really good dudes. So um, glad glad to be here this early in the morning. I don't drink coffee, so I'm, I'm rolling all around. I'm rolling okay. I don't, I don't do the caffeine. I don't, I don't need the, that stuff in my system. So uh, I'm ready to go. Uh, wanted to ask you, Timmy. Um, you know, the biggest development this week, I think, um, was Louisville just getting crushed by Texas Tech. Um, I know you, you got to see a little bit of that game. You told me what, what'd you, uh, what'd you think of that? And, um, is, is anybody good? Are there any elite teams out there? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And, and, and I think the big topic is, you know, are there elite teams out there when you look at, you know, I think, uh, Texas Tech has two or three losses by now. And uh, they haven't, you know, they're they're they were uh, in a situation where another rebuild it felt like, 
You know, he went to the Elite Eight, Chris Beard did two years ago. Okay, well, he's got a huge rebuild on his hand, lost all these players, and then was better than ever and went to the championship game last year. And then everybody just naturally assumed he had the, you know, the pixie dust. And it's just not that easy. But what a great performance in New York City at the Balbano Coaches versus Jimmy V Classic, Coaches versus Cancer event. And uh, he, he really, I thought, did a great job. He and his staff did, you know, shutting down Louisville. One thing it showed to me, Louisville's guards, maybe not elite as their inside uh, squad. And so I think it'll be interesting for Chris Beard as he goes, or I'm sorry, Chris Mack as he goes forward. Uh, but uh, a lot of, a lot of success and a lot of people trying to replicate what Chris uh, Beard is doing at Texas Tech defensively. Yeah. I, w- I wanted to talk about that because, you know, it will, if you watch that game, you notice that Louisville really had a tough time getting into any of their stuff. Um, you know, there weren't very many ball reversals, balls would get stuck on one side um, Texas Tech can do that to you with their no middle defense. Um, you know, I think it showed how hard it is to to attack against that if you don't have um, penetrating guards who can who can co make a play off the bounce and uh, you know make like that. I feel like to to beat that no middle defense, you have to to have really good skip passes and then you know maybe one more and be able to to, to, to try to get in the middle somehow because because that's when the defense kind of crumbles a little bit. Um, you know, they they overhelp. Um, they, they ice ball screens and it seems like I've been what, you know, I watch decent amount of college basketball and to me, everybody's icing ball screens this year. Um, almost every team you watch at some point, um, you know, maybe, you know, and tech doesn't exclusively do that. They, they switch a lot of stuff too, but it seems like so many teams are doing it. Have you, have you noticed that Tim? Um, it's almost like the new fad in college basketball, and, and I, I feel like it's a lot to do with with what Chris Beard was able to do last year, and, and you know Mark Adams, who who uh, kind of designed that defense for them. Um, seems like everybody's copying. What what have you seen? Well, really, it was it started out an NBA concept, and uh, a long time ago, and uh, you know I know it was we were seeing ices in 2000. Is I remember San Diego State icing ball screens in what 2009 it seems like 2010 i believe with steve fisher uh so it's been around in the college game but not 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 a whole bunch you know not not exclusive and you know more of an nba concept and more college teams have adopted it and if you imagine what chris beard does he just you know in my take now i've never spent any time with chris beard i'm just looking at what i see and we played against him last year and uh, they just split the four and two. And if you're, you know, on the right side, they're forcing you to the sideline and the baseline. And if you're on the left side, they're forcing you to the sideline and the baseline on that side. So they overplay some things. They make it really hard for you to, to reverse the ball. They are able to switch screens off the ball. The thing they do, which I think is that they, they've kind of taken every specialty, like, oh, we're going to switch these screens or we'll switch ball screens some. They, and they've kind of made them uh, part of their absolute or part of their staple, so to speak. So they're going to force you down. And, of course, then when a ball screen comes, when you ice it, what happens is the guard forces you away from the ball screen. And and so he just hops up a little stronger and gets into the ball a little tougher. And then they'll ice to a switch, which is, you know, some people will ice it and, and soft trap it. Some people will ice and just kind of recover. But um, what a lot of teams would do then with the big is they'd take an active big, 
kind of roll him out of there and then, you know, reverse it to and get it to the middle of the floor with that big guy and uh, and then let him go on the attack. And some teams had some success with that. So, you know, it appears to me that Texas Tech did more ice to switch and they switch a lot of ball screens anyway. They most of them and they stay mobile and have mobile five men. Uh, I think Tariq Owens was there a year ago, did a very good job of that. And they have big time rim protection. I don't know if their rim protection is good this year just because I haven't looked. Um, but at the it's, same it's time, not quite, they, I mean, they, they don't have a Tariq Owens back there like they, they had last year. That kid was elite. But yeah, that, that's that's the one thing that they're not quite as good in that. But their their footwork and, and how they execute it, at least the other night, was was splendid. Yeah. And, and, and they do, you know, and and, um, and so what happens is once you get the ball down on the side of the floor, you can load up with your help. And because everybody knows the ball's only going one place. It's not getting driven back to the middle. It's only getting driven to the baseline. And that's where if you have your big time shot blockers, they can rim protect, they can swarm to the ball. And uh, then it becomes, you know, all right, do, is there enough playmaking uh, to attack it? But I, I, you know, is there enough ball handlers out there to be able to make uh, small passes in a quick time in a small area and keep the ball moving to get your outside shot? Because of the way they load up and the way they switch, they're not quite in rotation as much as other teams might be. So it's a very effective defense, especially with shot blocking. Uh, and um, and it's it's just – it's a different system. And it takes a while because it's unique and not everybody plays it. Uh, Mark Adams done a great job with that, uh, dividing the court in half and, and just forcing you out of the middle. I think what you've seen teams try and do, what Louisville did, is attack the middle third of the floor early. And that's like the worst time to attack it. And again, I know this only from personal knowledge because <laughs> we tried it. Um, I, I I agree with you. I think the ways to beat it are one transition. You know, I think you just got it's like a zone. You got to treat it like a zone. You got to beat it down the floor. Yeah. Um, I, I think the middle third is popular, uh, but I think what you need to do is get that thing spread out. Uh, and if we remember in the old days, uh, there was no baseline. They wouldn't let you get baseline. Uh, and when I talk to old days, I'm talking in the 30s and 40s when the Drake shuffle, there's a, you know, uh, Jim Drake, I think it was his name out of, uh, ran at OU. Uh, and there was all these uh, shuffle kind of high po- Princeton offense, all the, all the posts, all the offenses were like five high. So they wouldn't, you know, it hurt you so bad if they got to the baseline. And that's what surprised me with Michigan and John Beeline. John Beeline, once he gets to the baseline, is really effective. And I thought maybe last year in the Sweet 16 game, I think, that maybe they could have some success against uh, Texas Tech. Now, I, again, didn't see that game, but I saw the score. It was like 25. So that was a game I kind of expected Michigan to be able to get to the baseline and move the ball, like you say, you know, skip it, make the extra pass, and go from there. But there's no doubt you have to treat it like a zone. You have to drive the slot lines. That's that 45-degree angle off the off the elbow. You know, I think you've got to, you know, swing it, screen it in, you know, with those hammer screens or like a zone screen. And, you know, because they're so loaded up. Um, and then you have to be really strong at the rim, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, because they're so they're, – they're just running at you and they're a physical team and they're a tip, deflect, attack the ball team that you've got to be really strong with the ball. If you go in there weak at all, and we saw that, I, I the game that I, you know, you were with us, Isaiah Roby turned the ball over three or four times in the second half uh, when it was still a ball game. And, uh, you know, where he just wasn't strong with the ball. 
and and they'll just eat that up. Any weakness, they'll eat that up. Another offense I always thought about. Yeah, one thing interesting. Go ahead. One, one thing you see, another offense I thought about, just my last point here, uh, and you see Steve Alford run it, and you see uh, Paul Weir ran it against uh, uh, Paul Weir beat uh, Wisconsin, I believe. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, they beat Wisconsin in uh, Brooklyn uh, at the Barclays event. Uh, they go two out with three in, kind of isolates different spots of the floor. Those slot lines, lane line drives are open. and um, and yet you're down in the corners a little bit where they're loaded up. But if you've got a crafty ball handler, um, let's say you put a spot like a, a spot shooter outside, uh, another guard outside, and you have a wing and another guard inside with a postman, uh, and you're running two out, three in motion uh, that Bob Knight used to run. Chris Beard, obviously familiar with that because they ran it. I know when I was playing them, I was at North Dakota State and they were at Texas Tech still, so they ran it. And uh, they put their center outside to spot up and shoot. Uh, and, and it really makes it difficult to guard and it spaces the floor well. And you see some teams run that. And I wouldn't be surprised to see more teams run that against, uh, Texas tech too. Yeah. When you can pick and pop that, that five man, especially when he's the guy in the, the, his, his man's the guy in the, in the ice. Um, it seems like that is open. And another interesting thing, um, Jordan Sperber has, has written some, and you know, di- shown this some on the videos that he makes, he does an excellent job. Um, with his hoop vision site, um, but the one thing that Virginia did was was they lifted, um, you know, maybe the the baseline guy, so it takes away that baseline helper. So you can you can, and then they tried to attack baseline and get around, um, you know, that that guy that's that's part of the ice. Um, I was I was at the Milwaukee Kansas game the other night. Uh, Milwaukee actually had some success doing this. Um, just basically the ball handler trying to beat the big guy to the baseline and getting around him. Um, you know, and as a big, you almost want to make them run out of real estate, right. To where they, they just dribble right out of bounds. But, um, some, sometimes you've, you've seen teams are now trying to, to, to attack that, that baseline and, and almost trying to win the race and then take, then lifting that help guy, um, out. So there's, I think it's, it's one of those defenses where, um, you know, it's, it's, not as easy to execute as maybe Texas Tech makes it look just because they they rep it so much. Um, and, and then another thing is that's that – That's my guard that, dog, Sammy, you know, It's almost like NFL defensive – Yeah, Sammy making an appearance. It's it's almost like uh, NFL defenses where, like, teams eventually figure them out, right? I feel like you will see teams get more creative and, and, and figure out some ways to attack it as, as, as time goes on. Do you, do you think that'll be the case? Like it almost was a shock to, to some team system where they, they hadn't faced it as much uh, last year. Well, yeah, once one team figures it out, you know, everybody else will quickly, quickly copy it. That's for sure. And, um, yeah. but you know, yeah. the one thing I think that uh, uh, coach Beard does, it, the other thing that could affect it is if more teams try and do it, uh, you know, the more you see it, the more it kind of, uh, you know, lessens the effect of it too. Uh, so that's one thing. But the one thing I remember just by playing Texas Tech and, and Chris Beard, uh, you know, it felt like we were starting to get better ball movement, high quality shots, uh, kind of tightening the game. All of a sudden, boom, he goes two, three zone, you know, yeah. and, and that's, a, that's the one thing I think that where he will, he is, um, you know, guns up. Uh, he, he has no fear of switching it just to, to just that change up 
and you don't even have to be scoring. You don't even have to make an eight-two run or anything like that. You can make a four-four run, <laughs> you know, just play him even or whatever, or tighten it a little bit, and he'll he might switch defenses on you just for a possession or two, kind of get you out of out of out of that rhythm, and then go back to his force-down stuff. Uh, so that's another thing I think his willingness uh, to change uh, in in you know and and go there I think is very effective too. Yeah, and, and no matter what defense you're 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 ex- trying to execute, um, when you're as connected as they were the other night, um, I think that that's what always stands out to me when when I watch them is is just how connected they are and and how they execute what they're what they're trying to do. Um, and yeah, that's a good point that, that once you try to switch, you know, once you figure it out, he's, he's going to switch it up and, and give you different looks. So, um, you know, fun, fun discussion there. I, I think that, um, do, do you think you, you said, um, you know, teams will start to, to maybe figure it out the more they see it. Has, has that happened with the pack line? Cause the pack line is almost like another one of those defenses that as Virginia and Wisconsin and all these teams had so much success with it, you saw more and more of the pack line. Um, do you figure? Do you feel like that has gotten easier to, easier to attack in a way, just because so many teams have have faced it? Yeah, there's no doubt. But still, when you get like the Michigan States of the world, who have great superior length and are mm-hmm. are well schooled and well scouted, it's still really hard to go against. And I think we brought this up with Ken Ken Pomeroy the other last week, which is like I played the modified pack where we were in the pack but we were taking people off the three point line, you know, and we actually saw that with Penn state the other night, uh, who'd be more of a pack line team, uh, and chasing guys off the line. And they did a great job against Maryland, uh, winning that ball game. And especially when they're chasing them into Lamar Stevens and Mike Watkins, uh, you know, Pat, Pat, Pat Chambers has got a very impressive team in Penn state. I would not be surprised to see them in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they've got talent. They're well coached. They're doing a great job. And so, um, you know, you always modify. Sometimes you're in the pack and you allow too many threes, uh, like, like, quite frankly, like Virginia did against Purdue. Uh, and Sasha Stefanovic can, you know, didn't play 12 minutes a game before because he couldn't get a three off and all of a sudden, you know, has free reign. Uh, you, you know, you make adjustments. And that's what coaches will do in any defense. Uh, they stick to their guns on their, their primary focus, what I call the absolutes. You have – five or six things that you know you're going to do. You always tell your players, our absolutes are, when we don't tell you what to do, this is what you do. So, for instance, on a ball screen, you know, you can handle a ball screen. You can switch it. You can soft hedge it. You can uh, ice it. Uh, you can hard hedge it, right? I mean, there's whatever, right? I mean, you can blitz it with an early trap. Um, so every coach has a go-to, all right? We're in a flat hedge. If we don't tell you what to do, we're just in yellow, a uh, flat hedge. and um, and so, so my point is you always have your absolutes of whatever it is, whatever dynamic uh, on handling down screens or back screens or certain actions. And, and I agree with you that, that um, uh, coaches have those, but I don't think, I think modifying what you have, and sometimes you have to modify to your own personnel. And that's what's really important too, and that teams figure out. And well, Virginia's problem is not defense this year. So, uh, but but you're <laughs> right. As teams see it more and more, um, they make adjustments and they're they're able to attack. Um, you know, I know Tim that that you're really getting down this TV thing because 
you said that stuff Steph or sorry Sasha Stefanovic yes sir. right yes you said that with like out even hesitating so that that was yeah. impressive I, I study my pronunciation guides now you know where I used to say uh, <laughs> number 55 get to him that, that one kid that little kid can shoot man get to him <laughs> and uh and now I've got it you know I've got a you know yeah. I'm I, I'm adapting I'm using this year to really what I have found this year to be is a year of improving my vocabulary you know, my, my ability to speak well. Uh, my, my mom, uh, God rest her soul, used to always complain like, that I cursed. You know, like, uh, Timmy, Timmy, why do you say all these? You're so mean to those players. And I said, Mom, Mom. I said, but when I'm in the huddle and I say, get your blank out of your blank out of your blank or I'm going to go blank. You know, I said, they play better. They just play better. I said, it's like magic. <laughs> and so cursing of them works and then my brother chimes in mom he's a liar he just has no command over the english language and um so that everybody <laughs> used to make fun of me i'm just stupid but that's true too but uh, then i'd buy dinner for everybody and we'd feel better so my point is that um uh yeah i am i am really improving like uh my speech my ability to speak i'm 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 working on it i appreciate you recognizing that and Sasha yeah, yeah, because most coaches that come to the press conference, they, yeah, they they say, you know, man, I don't know how to pronounce this one kid's name, but he really crushed us, number number twelve or whatever. So impressed there. But uh, you know, you brought up Penn State, got that uh, big win the other night. Um, you know, that, that's another thing I wanted to discuss is these a- Big Ten and ACC playing these pre Christmas games. You've experienced it some these last few years in Nebraska. Um, what do you think of of these leagues playing, you know, early, early conference games. How do you feel about it? Um, you know, last night, two big upsets in the, in the big 10, Illinois, um, beats, oh, golly, who, 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 who did they get last night? They had uh, Michigan. Yeah, that's right. And then, uh, Rutgers knocking off Wisconsin. Um, so how do you feel about these pre-Christmas early, early season conference games? Uh, okay. Two things. First of all, uh, these pre when you say preseason, they are conference games early in the year before the first of the year. So, so the question is, how do I feel about playing conference games so early, right? And then taking a hiatus for three weeks or two weeks and then playing more, right? That's the first question, right? Just so everybody's clear. Second of all, um, Illinois was a one and a half point favorite. And um, Wisconsin has never won at the rack since they joined the Big Ten. Uh, they're 0-3 or 0-4 now. And it, it might have been a, just a one-point favorite type of thing. So you call them upsets. I call them likelihoods. You know, I mean, <laughs> just seeing – but that's the way the Big Ten is. I was telling somebody else one year, um, we went 8-13 and 13 in conference play, inc- including the Big Ten tournament. And we were 16-18 and 18 for the season. Okay. We lost Siobhan Shields from Kansas City, tremendous player in the Euro League right now. Vasconia, uh, doing great. Uh, just a, a, an amazing young man and an excellent player. But Siobhan uh, got knocked out in a game. Very scary situation. Uh, went unconscious, uh, you know, jumped up on a defensive play, got his legs taken out from under him, landed on his head. Uh, just, you know, so lucky that nothing worse happened. But we lose him and we go like one and four without him, 0 and five, whatever it was. And then the game he came back, we lose in overtime because uh, we'd had another kid, Andrew White, scoring well. And now Siobhan came back and got 35. 
the first game back. And, you know, uh, Andrew didn't have his night because he'd adjusted into a go-to role. And then all of a sudden you got another go-to guy there and it kind of messes with you a little bit. Point is, um, that year, uh, Bill Self told me when he talked to Jim Delaney and he was the coach at Illinois, he says, coach, what do you think about the league? And Delaney said, practice last minute situations, the last two minutes of every game, because every game comes down to the end. But that year we were eight and 13 uh, in league games. We averaged 70 points, 70.1 points a game, and our opponents averaged 70.2 points a game. So one-tenth of a point over 21 games was our margin of points for the season. Can you imagine that? Eight and 13. How many scenarios where you go, if we'd just done that, or if this those. one thing had happened. <laughs> no, we practiced yeah. them, dude. Yeah, You're right. That... You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd still have Should've a job. I wouldn't harder. be doing this. Man, for a nominal that's, fee. That's the, the – the small margins, man. The small margins that they can can so, decide a season. It's, so it's to a, answer that's what your keeps que- you up at night, right? Yes, yes. That's what drives you crazy. But to answer your question, I actually like them. I, I look at what what they've done. The ACC uh, uh, now the ACC will be better next time because they started their first game of the year as a conference play to kind of uh, tip off that that network they have, right? So next year I think they'll back it up and do two games. Uh, after the Big Ten ACC Challenge again in December. So what they kind of try and do is they, they they have the Gavit games early, and then they have the Big Ten ACC Challenge after Feast Week, right? Then after Feast Week, you've got um, – you go right into the uh, conference play for two games that kind of either leads in or out of your um, Big Ten championship football game. Because now all the football teams are probably off. There's just one game that weekend. The basketball games are surrounding that. And so you have this huge marquee, you know, eight day, nine day, 10 day period, uh, maybe even more when you, you know, when you stretch it out. Uh, yeah, two week period where you've got Big Ten versus ACC games. You've got league games with both leagues. And then you've got that marquee football game too. And it's really a great showcase going into your, finals week when you can't play stuff now everybody's off this week because you 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 have to like at several schools i've been at you can't even play during finals week at home or away or anywhere you just have to be off and and you're seeing that now so um i think it's a great way to kind of um you know hit that late november early december area yeah dove um i i like it it's uh Anytime you can get games that matter early in the season, um, you know, as, well, a, as a writer, as somebody who follows the game, and you, you like seeing meaningful games played throughout the year. So, well, and the um, leagues are for, bigger. The leagues know, are for, bigger. For that CJ. side of it, I like it. Yeah. When you have when you have a yeah, fourteen, you, you can't squeeze and it all into two months. Yeah. Yeah, when you have a fourteen league, team league, fifteen team league, sixteen team league, that's the SEC. Uh, the Big Ten and the ACC, right? I mean, they have all these teams. Mm -hmm. And um, it'd be nice to play your rival on occasion. I mean, I had two different years where we had over one calendar year between Iowa games, two different years. So essentially, I mean, it was awful. I can fix that by just eliminating uh, conference realignment. We go back to to Nebraska being in the the Big 12 and and, – Life is good again. Let's go to smaller <laughs> conferences like the Big Eight, and and yeah, the, oh, and the man, loved it. Yeah, and the South Central. Everybody plays whatever. each other twice. Yeah, 
Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, by the way, did you see, um, you know, speaking of, of, of Big Ten games, did you see uh, – now you'll have to help me with this pronunciation. It's the, the big kid from Illinois. Is it Coffee Cockburn? Is that how you it's say it? It's Coburn. Coburn. Kofi Coburn. Okay, Kofi Coburn. And Georgie I mean, I would that name. <laughs> Did you see him uh, just absolutely nail Lewis Garrison, the official last night celebration? So, Lewis Garrison was a Division II ref when I was a Division II coach. I've known Lewis for 20 years. And, you know, oh, I, th- I think what – what I think it's more of a neck injury uh, than anything. Oh, really? You know, if you look the way he punched man. him, he kind of caught him right under the skull. And, you uh-huh. know, I mean, you know, hopefully Lewis is fine. In fact, I was going to try and text him or reach out today and just, you yeah. know, say hang in there because there's a kid – you know, and there's a kid new to basketball, you know, not aware of surroundings or whatever, just pumped up to make a huge play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, and it was a huge play and there was nothing malicious about it, but it was a, you know, you know, it was a, it was, Scary. it was a brutal act if you're on the Lewis Garrison end. And so let's just hope for him. I did see that. I've never seen that before. Um, I've, I've almost been hit by fists and golf clubs and, and, uh, an actual shotgun out pheasant hunting one time. But um, uh, I'm not sure if that was intentional or not, but, uh, you know, just an amazing thing. So let's hope for Lewis. Okay. Just a crazy thing though. So um, have you, yeah. have you ever gotten taken out on the sideline? I've gotten run have over. Gotten I've run into, I've gotten run into, um, yeah. you know, and I, I'm a little anemic, so I bruise easily. It stays with me, uh, you know, and, and the marks on the outside don't count to the marks on the inside if we lose the game. that's just a vulnerable kind of moment there nice 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 line all right so uh let's get to uh let's wrap this up with with picking some games tim and and uh you know i hope you can do a little better this week i I so go ahead i tried to throw you some games story up you're picking the game (laughs) i'm sitting here in the cold you give them to me at 11 o'clock the night before and i just get railroaded down this it's complete bullshit but yeah you you were four and two and i think you already printed it in the god dang twitter uh, and I was two and four, uh, and whatever. So I'm getting railroad on this. That's fine. Make me make fun of old coach miles. And that's fine. That's fine. So let's pick the games. Let's I, I, go. I went, I went four and two against the spread five and one in actual, you know, picking the games with, yeah. without the spread. So, cause uh, the difference was I didn't pick both, a big 12 ways. team and you picked them all. And, uh, Oh no, you, and, you picked Iowa state. You got that one, right. I I, I, if I would have stayed loyal to the big 12, I would have gone six and oh. Yeah, I'm ready for you, though. I that am was ready. my problem. All right. All right. So we're going to start out um, two teams that you're, you know, fairly familiar with. Uh, Iowa at Iowa State tonight. Um, again, we're using the Ken Palm lines. Um, minus three, Iowa State. Uh, tonight, 7 o'clock, ESPN2. We're, and we're using, you know, for those listeners at home, we're using the central time because that's a time zone that matters. So, um, you know, that, that game tonight, what, who you got? Yeah, you know, here's my question, and I don't know the answer. You know, Jordan Bohannon's hip is not in a great physical state. And he's got to decide if he's going to play uh, or take it or try and apply for a medical hardship uh, or take a red shirt because he's not 100% and, and he still needs work on this. He, he possibly might not play from what I understand, right? Uh, just listening last week. If he doesn't play, Iowa State's winning that easy. Um, 
but I think the enormity of that whole situation is going to is going to help Iowa State too. I'm again taking Iowa State because of Tyrese Halliburton, and um, I'm taking them to win and cover. Yeah, they're a three point favorite, and I think they're going to beat Iowa. Yeah, well, I made the mistake of betting against Hilton Magic last week. Uh, not going to make that mistake again. I'm, I'm, we're, we're lining up here, Tim. Which, which, you know, I should probably just fade you um, to be smart. But uh, I'm going to go Cyclones as well. So now we're going to jump ahead to uh, so some Saturday games. Is fade? Um, is that first, like a kid's first, word? Like one of the? Is that like? Uh, f- f- fade. That's a gambling that, term. So oh, like, if I, I were to fade you, I'd just be picking the opposite. Well, what's my drip then? What's my drip? My drip is how I look, I right? Know. Is that my fashion? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, my, Tim, I'm not cool. my swag. So I, my my twelve year old just walked out the door. He he probably would have been able to uh, to tell us, but um, yeah, I, I I don't know that one. So so let's let's get to these games because because neither of us are cool enough to know the the lingo. I just know I I picked up a gambling turn by accident. So because um, my friends like to fade me now that that I stink at this. So basically, right, that it, fade means that if you pick it, they pick the opposite. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Oregon at Michigan. Michigan favored by four, 11 a.m. CBS Saturday. Who you got? Yeah, it's 9 a.m. for Oregon. They got no chance. Michigan's covering that and winning. Ooh, Michigan's covering and winning. It's actually um, 8 a.m. because Michigan's Eastern uh, times. Oh, no. you. Well, I'm using the Central times gotcha. for us. Gotcha. So it's still yeah. 9 a.m. Yeah. Them. Yeah. All right, you're going Michigan. Um, I like Oregon's team a lot. I know that's a team you like as well. Um, but, man, Michigan just – you know, Michigan's reeling a little bit. Um, that's a very good point with the early tip time. But uh, I'm going to go Oregon to cover and win, just just to mix it up a little bit here. No, no, so, I don't want it. No, no, uh, no, no excuses. Just pick the team because I don't want to hear next week I'm, when I'm, I get bullshit railroaded down the track again. What's going on? So you're picking Oregon because um, you believe in Oregon. I'm 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 going Ducks. They got a lot of shooting. You know the matchup zone might give uh, Michigan some problems. So uh, let's 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 go Ducks. Who All you right, got? Oklahoma. Oklahoma at, at Wichita. Wichita. Who you got? I'll tell you. I'll I'll pick first. So uh, so I'm not just fading you. I see what you're doing here. All right. Um, so, <laughs> Oklahoma, I saw them in Kansas City, um, really, really struggled with Stanford, then beat Missouri. Um, you know, I thought that Stanford game was – Stanford was kind of able to take Oklahoma out of their stuff. Um, Stanford was really physical. Um, and I think playing in Wichita, um, you know, Wichita, very physical defensively. Um, I think they're going to be able to kind of take them out of their stuff. Uh, Greg Marshall is going to be fired up for that game because one of his uh, his former players, Austin Reeves, transferred to Oklahoma. It's it's the one you know he said it's the one transfer he's ever lost that he he like didn't want to lose on his side. So they're going to be really really fired up to play that game. Uh, I'm going Shockers to to cover and win. I'm with you. That simple. I agree 100 percent right. with what yeah. you said. I. I love Lon Kruger, Jim Molinari, those guys. I saw what you saw, and I think this is a really good Wichita team. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're one of the best teams in America. And people people should check them out. Um, you know, they've 
offensively they're much better this year and they're they're kind of starting to to hit their rhythm so like like the shockers all right gonzaga at arizona uh arizona's a one point favorite um this game's at nine o'clock p.m on uh saturday night again that's the central time zone so uh who you got there timmy or do you want me to, to pick versus again i've got gonzaga doesn't matter who you got i got gonzaga <laughs> they're winning that game too many freshmen late at night too many freshmen late at night, man. I, this this one's like a coin flip for me. Um, I'm, I I always love the Zags. I think they're really good. Um, but at Arizona, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the uh, the Wildcats. I think they're gonna they're gonna get a big win. All right, Sunday, um, two games on Sunday here. We got the first one's Oklahoma State at Houston. Houston's a five point favorite. It's at two o'clock on Sunday. And Tim, I'm gonna give you some some uh, some intel. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so you have all your information, right? Um, Isaac, um, like Lycus. like Kelly, or how do you say that name? You're the TV guy. Yeah, I know who you mean. Uh, it's the point guard with the hair. <laughs> the point guard. He's their best player. It's like Lycus um, or like he was sick last week. Like it's 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 like I believe. Um, he was sick last week. Uh, missed the Georgetown Wichita State games. I actually checked in on this, so we would have all our information. Um, he's still sick, hasn't participated in anything. They didn't say that he wasn't going to play, but he's, he's yet to participate in anything this week. Um, so kind of, you know, I'm not sure what's going on with him, but, uh, so I would say he's probably doubtful for this game at this point. Um, so, so there, there you go. You have all the info there. Um, you want me to pick this one first? Yes. All right. So just a little bit of information on Oklahoma state. Like I said, I think that kid's their best player. Um, they're plus 16 per per hundred possessions offensively with him on the floor and compared to when he's off and plus 22 per hundred possessions defensively when he's on compared to when he's off. So, so we're, so we're both way, taking way Houston. With... <laughs> we're both taking Houston, right? Yeah, we're both, we're both taking Houston. I mean, okay, we got I, it. I also Oklahoma state just lost to Wichita state. I think Houston kind of similar, um, type of team. So yeah, taking Houston. All right. Last one, Ohio state. Minus nine at Minnesota, 5.30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. That's a lot of points. I mean, and I've been drubbed at home. Points. I've been drubbed on the road. I've, I've We beat people, but that's a lot of points. I'm taking Ohio State, but not to cover. Okay, I like, I like that. Um, you know what? Ohio State, even though it's on the road, they've been crushing everybody. Um I think they, they win and cover. So I'll, I'll go Ohio State win and, and cover. So that, that wraps up our picks. Um, before we leave, Tim, I got to give a shout-out to, uh, to my dad, Kurt Moore. Tomorrow is his 65th birthday, Friday the 13th. is his 65th birthday. He's over really roughing it right now, visiting my sister in Hawaii. And uh, the other day, dad comes in. He says, hey, uh, I, I didn't realize Hoiberg was the coach at – at Nebraska did you know that and I said yeah dad I did I said you know I'm, I'm doing a podcast with the former Nebraska coach Tim Miles and he said you are and I said yeah I said dad do you know what a podcast is and he said no <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> got got a uh, got dad's phone out for him I said see this see this icon here podcast we're gonna go here. We're gonna to subscribe to to Miles More Madness. So, Dad, now anytime you want to go listen, 
you just plug your headphones in and, and you click on it and you play an episode. So hopefully, uh, hopefully pops hears this, um, you know, glad he's really, really rough. Like I said, really roughing it over in Hawaii on his birthday. Well, I'll, I'll miss seeing him, but he's in a better place. Absolutely. Happy birthday. That's awesome stuff. Yeah. So uh, happy birthday to dad. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at CJ Moore hoops. Tim's at coach at coach miles. Um, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. I am headed to, it's always so much colder in, in Iowa. I'm, I, I need to like bundle up, probably put on like six layers cause uh, I'm soft and uh, it's, it's going to be cold, but uh, Tim, I hope you have a good weekend, man. Thank you. You too. Good luck. Thank you.